Making it in business isn't about spreadsheets, this or that. It's about guts, tenacity, and above all, street smarts. Join Sarah Shaw as she talks with successful entrepreneurs about all the hard-won lessons they've learned on the mean streets of the business world. If you've ever felt stuck, stifled, or even just scared to get out there and make your mark, you'll learn how even the most successful entrepreneurs overcame failure and found the power to move forward. So forget about learning about business in school, because all you need to make it big is a street smart MBA. And here's your host, Sarah Shaw. Hey there, Sarah Shaw here with another episode of Get a Street Smart MBA. And I am so excited to talk to Emma Johnson today, who is the creator of WealthySingleMommy.com. And she also has an amazing book coming out uh, called The Kick-Ass Single Mom uh, in a few short weeks. And I just am so excited to ask her a bunch of questions. So Emma, welcome. Oh, thank you so much for being here. And by the way, Sarah's on my podcast too. So we're like, it's like a podcast orgy over here. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I'll hook you guys all up with those links too. Um, so I, I just love, um, you know, I actually found your podcast through um, a um, somebody else's, I don't know, post about the 10 coolest New York City podcasts or something like that. And because I, I know uh, Melissa Bolton, who's owns Mogul Mom. Now I've known, known Mogul Mom through its beginning and then she bought it um, a few years ago. And I, I followed a link from her Facebook page or something to this article and I was reading about all the cool moms and then I saw you and I was like, I need to talk to her. Because um, I didn't know about you before, which I can't believe I've spent all these years not knowing about you. How is that possible? I don't Everybody know. knows me. Everybody knows you. <laughs> no, uh, not I even. I feel like I'm like the last loser. Um, but here you are. So I want to um, talk a little bit about, you know, what I really like to talk about on this podcast is, you know, how people build their life and their business, right? Because we, mm. you know, most of the people I talk to don't have a lot of formal training and have kind of done it on their own, right? Therefore, the Get a Street Smart MBA. And I'm definitely a 100% holder of one of those awards. And, um, and so I want to talk about, I want to hear your story about kind of how you became a kick-ass single mommy and, and, and what, what kind of led you, what, what led you to the point of launching this site? Oh, yeah. So, well, just a quick snapshot. My background is in journalism. I started my career in newspapers. And then for, oh, a dozen years or so, I was a freelance uh, personal finance and uh, money journalist and writer. And I did really well for myself uh, doing that. And I enjoyed it. I love working for myself. Um, and I love making money. I made really great money during those years. Um, and in kind of the middle of that freelance life, um, I went through a big divorce, a big life changed. My ex-husband, we were married at the time, had a small child and he had a major accident. He fell off a cliff in Greece actually. And so every part of my life completely destabilized. And now I have two beautiful children, but it was clear he was the primary breadwinner and I was more or less a stay-at-home mom. I did keep a foot in the freelancing world when my babies were small, but I, but it, I just knew, even though his income continued, even though he made this money. I knew that was not sustainable, like just because of the nature of his disability. So I was like, holy smokes, here we go. I have to do this. 
And I just did it. And just even going back further, I was raised by a single mom, and she was totally part of that 70s and 80s divorce wave. My parents were married and then divorced. I have two younger brothers. And my mom's an educated white woman. We were in the Midwest. She had more education than most people in our town. And she was cool. You know, we had a lot of opportunities. We did all the music and sports and all that. But we were always so broke, and it was so stressful. And and humiliating and I just I was like there is no reason for us to be so poor we have like you know you have a deg- multiple degrees and and the story was always like well life is hard and I'm a single mom I'm a single mom <laughs> well shit fast forward a bunch of years and I was a single mom despite my best efforts not to be and I was like you know what I just need to tell a different story I need I'm living in a different time I have so many resources at my disposal as a woman today I can earn I can achieve. I have access to capital. I can get a credit card, which women couldn't until 1973. It's like, I am going to do this. And I mean, part of it was probably like a little bit of like spite towards my mother, which I've never resolved. Like, I'm going to fucking do this. And I remember early on, and you know, part of my story was my mom and I both had such a contentious relationship to this day. But she came like when I needed her most, when my ex moved out, I was pregnant and baby. And she came and she ended up staying for like six months. And it was so, it was really healing for both of us, me, mm. that she, and she was, you know, she helped me with the kids, you know, she was there when I was falling apart. And, but there was this moment, I remember when I was like, okay, she's like, you need to go and apply for food stamps. And I was like, well, I get $3,000 a month in child, you know, to help, you know, the child support for the daycare and all that. And, and I'm like, next show, if I make $100,000, you know, this is like one year into my single mother or month, yeah. months or something. And I'm like, I'm doing it. And I was like, feel really good about myself. I'm like, you know, my ex's money could go away any moment. And it did. But a year after he moved out, it went away. And I was like killing it. I was really proud of myself. She's like, no, you need to go and get on food stamps. I'm like, No. <laughs> One, yeah, I, pro- I make too much money to qualify. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm like, one, I probably don't qualify and I don't want to. And she's like, well, she got so mad, you know, and I think yeah, mm. these things go probably kind of shown a mirror on her. But it turns out this very common story. And I have that in my book, The Kick-Ass Single Mom. Like I shared that story. And this other woman, she was like, I think she ran a construction company and was like the breadwinner in her marriage when she was married and made all this money. It was a super successful woman. And then she got divorced and her sister was like, she's still making the money and the construction company is still growing. <laughs> and her sister was like, you know, somebody in your shoes was not above working at Walmart. And I was like, and it's just like we automatically, okay, you're single mom, you default to poverty. And it's just, right. I'm like, that is just so, so anyway, so I started this blog, you know, I am a professional writer. It just seemed like I was supposed to have a blog. It was not, I would like to tell you I had this master business plan. I had nothing. I like had no vision. I just decided that there was nobody out there speaking to me. I was a professional woman. I was very, I am like my passion really is like gender and gender politics and sexual politics. And I'm just fascinated by money and how it affects our relationships and all these things. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to write about like the intersect of money and single motherhood. And, yeah. and then it just became this very, it became a very personal project for me. And I started writing extremely personally for the first time in my life. And it's just, I had so much affirmation from the world. I got immediately the media started calling and I got really great media. And so it just resonated with people and I, my traffic grew. So that was five years ago. And then two years ago, I gave up my, my traditional writing business and I only speak to single moms. And I have my podcast, which is called Like a Mother, which the 
mm-hmm. illustrious Sarah Shaw as a guest. Yes. Um, <laughs> I have my my blog, Wealthy Single Mommy, um, and then I have my book coming out, The Kick-Ass Single Mom, and I, I mean, this is between you and me, Sarah, but like this year I'm going to do $400,000 in business, speaking to Woo-hoo! a demographic that everybody told me was too poor to make a living from. Right, exactly. And so I there's a lot of on, fuck on, you in my business. Like I love to be like, fuck course. you. You're wrong. I'm doing this. I believe in these women. I'm going to make this work. And then and right. I surprised myself. I did better than I even thought I could. That's so amazing. It's funny. I, um, I well, what I was wondering is when you first started your pot, like writing your blog and everything, did you call your site Wealthy Single Mommy? Yeah, that was it. That's what it was from the beginning. And it took me a long time. So it was like I bought the URL. It was like mm-hmm. I was going through this big breakup after my divorce, like just completely gutted me, this boyfriend I had. And I was a hot seeming mess, which comes to find out that's very common. And we can talk mm-hmm. about why. It took me a long time to figure out why that is such a phenomenon. But I was just like crying. Like I would spend my weekends with him when my kids were with their dad. And all of a sudden I had all this time. So I'm like, oh, I'll write a single motherhood to fill the gaping right. hole in my heart. <laughs> and, um, I love, I love I, how you how you called it wealthy single mommy from the beginning. Like you were, you weren't wealthy when you started. No, it. I and was you just there, had, yeah. But you had the mindset of that's who I'm going to be. Like that's what it meant to me. Like when I was thinking about the title of your of your website, right? I was like. I was wondering, did, was she already wealthy when she did it? And then I, I didn't think you were because um, no, I didn't I, know the entire backstory. Right. And then it's like, well, what's wealthy? Blah, blah, blah. But you know what? It was, I, it was honestly, it was like what words that involved single mom and like affluence or rich or what? Mm. Like what could I get for under $4.99 on GoDad? Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> it what really, is the cheapest really, out there? I would love to tell you, but at that point, no, I was not doing the kind of business I'm doing now, but I did see, I was far more successful than I had ever been in my marriage, which is a whole other topic. You know, I Mm -hmm. felt again, this is something very common. Women choose consciously or unconsciously to hold themselves back professionally, financially for the sake of the marriage. The reality is most marriages, heterosexual marriages cannot survive if the woman earns more. It is challenging. So that was my story, and I was like really felt really excited about myself because I was doing so much better than I'd ever been before, mm-hmm. and I was doing better than my mom thought I could do. Yeah. Right, she, all I could do is get on welfare, and right. um, so it was more. It was like aspirational for me and all moms, and so it took, to be honest with you, I hated that name for so long, and the mommy, like I hate the word mom. Anyways. But you know what, I just, I, people get it. Like, they love it. It's a kind of a contradiction in terms because you assume single moms are poor and then it's got the wealthy bit on it. Right. And then it's just like, whatever. It's stupid to call a giant commercial website Amazon or like wireless technology Bluetooth, but it just becomes part of the vernacular. And I feel right. like that's what's happened with Wealthy Single Mommy too. Yeah. I so totally whatever. get it. But I, I, lo- I love the name of it. I thought it was perfect. And for me, it was, you know, it's a lot of that, um, of, of the what, people often name something after they've been there, right, or done it, you know, and it was kind of like when I started my first, my, my consulting company was called Entrepreneur in the beginning, and it literally thought about that word at three o'clock in the morning and got up and went to GoDaddy and was like, I can't believe this isn't taken. And, you know, and went to the trademark board and thought it wasn't trademarked. I mean, I'm doing all this at three o'clock in the morning while I'm pregnant and can't sleep anyway. 
And, um, you know, and then, of course, Entrepreneur Magazine came after me um, and uh, thought I was infringing on – oh, yeah, it was horrible. Um, and I was like, uh, really, you guys are just mad that you didn't think of it first. <laughs> That's the bottom line. Um, but, um, but then I also coach men and stuff now sometimes, and I don't think you've got to be a certain kind of guy to go to a business called Entrepreneur. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, so as you are um, experiencing your free weekends, right, which I don't have because my ex-husband lives out of the country, so I never have that and never have had that. Um, I just pray that my kids sleep over at somebody's house once a month um, so I can have a little moment to myself, some yeah. undisturbed coffee in the morning. Um, so how do, how do you um, – like, how do you create, how have, do you continue to create your community of single moms? Like, are people finding you through the media, through word of mouth, do you think? Like, how do, how do you think it built in the beginning? I know you were saying you got a lot of press. Do you think that that, it, on its own, really drove the, the traffic to your site and kind of helped build that community? Um, I think it definitely helped, but I've always tried to play the SEO game. And now more than ever, I actually formed a joint venture partnership with an SEO firm. So they are, thank God. I mean, it just got to the point, like I was doing kind of like a lot of things right, doing a lot of things wrong. And then just in order to really take this whole business to the next level, I really needed like deep partnership with some experts. So thank God I found them. Mm. So, you know, it's so yes, media, but the media space is so crowded that I think for me, I Facebook has been really a... You know, it just started like promoting to my friends and family by my email or by my um, online presence. And then, you know, it's search. People are searching like, you know, single mom blogs or certain topics, right? They want to know about like, dating after divorce or they want to know about um, how to make money as a single mom, whatever. And they, then they find me through specific articles. I think that would mm-hmm. be my number one advice for people. And then, but the real value of being in the media is that the media links back and that's SEO value. So we're really going down a technical rabbit hole. So yeah. it's not so much that somebody reads, oh, Emma Johnson of Wealthy Single Mommy. That's interesting. I'm going to click through that. It's more that there's like this back end Google magic happening that it just helps my ranking. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's another boring podcast that I'm yeah. going to be on. <laughs> So okay, so um, you created online classes. You Mm -hmm. that are talk about how to get back into dating, and there's two money programs in the in there. Like, I mean, how do you even have time to do that? And you write a blog, and you do a podcast, and you wrote a damn book, and you have a grant program where you give a thousand dollars to a special mom Mm -hmm. each month, and obviously you take care of your kids and cook and all the other fabulous mommy stuff that you do because you seem like an amazing mom. And I know that you, one of the things you've said is it's some, in something I read on your website, you know, like sometimes you think people think that they're the worst mom ever. Um, and we all have that moment. Sometimes I even tell my kids, I'm sorry, I'm such a terrible mom. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and then, yeah. you know, and, um, and you're just like, oh my God, how am I going to get through this big blunder? But how do you, how do you do all of this? Like how, <laughs> I mean, you know I, 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 do, I do a you. lot and I'm just like, dang, she does a lot. Well, you know, I have to be really honest with you. Like I cringe when people are saying like that. I was actually on somebody else's podcast recently and I don't even want to say who it is, but she's like super duper fucking successful. Like she's mm-hmm. got a business model roughly like mine, but she's like, I mean, she's got like several full-time assistants. She is 
got like the 10.0 version of my business. Mm-hmm. And she's a divorced mom, but she always made money. And I, I, wait, I don't even know. I don't, I don't see. I already started qualifying it. Like I know her first husband was super rich. Her second husband, super rich, whatever. I, I, I'm not like that's not taking away from her success at all. But long story short, she gets me on there. She's like, how do you do it all? Because, oh, I was saying like, I'm struggling with um, some part of my business. And she's like, oh, well, it's so hard when you have kids. I was like, fuck you. You know what? Yeah. Like, like people are like, oh, how are you so successful? And you're a mom and a single mom. Like, well, no, fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you again. Right. It's like, well, single no moms ever- work harder than anybody. Do we? I don't know that. I, I, I think, I think so. I'm, well, I think I've got more free time. I do more interesting things in my personal life. And my kids do more cool things than a lot of married moms that don't mm-hmm. work that I know. Yeah. yeah. I just, I feel like we're just perpetuating the stigma and it's very sexist. No one has ever in the history of mankind asked a man, how do you achieve a professionally and handle your kids? And yeah. we have got to stop that. We just have to collectively make a conscious decision. I know we default there. I'm guilty of it myself, but we really have to stop that. But what I can say about how I built my business is, you know, you set your priorities outsource. Even when I felt broke, I had a house cleaner. I don't know what the quality of the lining of my children's underwear is because I do not do laundry. I like <laughs> I cook all the time and I like to shop for food because that's my hobby, not because it makes me a better mom or that's my job as a woman. That's my hobby. Mm -hmm. I like to cook and I have lots of reasons for cooking. It is not because that's my duty. Um, And then I apply that to my business. You know, when you're starting off, it's very easy to think you have to do it all, but you don't. There's so many cost-effective ways to outsource menial tasks thanks to the Internet. I think you told me that your assistant is in Pakistan. Totally. I'm pretty sure he is a lot cheaper than if you had a full-time in-person, like, Girl Friday. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got one in India, one in Pakistan, and one in Sri Lanka. Yeah. <laughs> Those, that's my team. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I, 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 I did struggle with that a little bit at the beginning because I'm, I'm pretty technically savvy, you know, so I was able to put together a website. I could get my podcast up and going on my own. I think I have a pretty decent aptitude for technology, but that doesn't mean that I should be up late at night, like, troubleshooting right. WordPress glitches totally. because I, hire, I sh- need to hire someone to do that so I can focus on my core competencies. Exactly. Well, so I guess what I was really asking, and I totally 100% agree that people put the stigma on a single mom's, like how do you do all that and you only have from 8 to 3 in the morning, you know, 8 to 3 when your kids are at school and you, you know, have to be super... Child care. Then try, right. You need a child care. Yeah, that's like yes. be an adult about it and get some, a babysitter. Exactly. And, um, you know, and like I love to take my ki- pick up my kids from school and be with them and take them to their after school activities. And, you know, luckily a couple of their activities are near a Starbucks and I can drop them off and I can go work even if it's for an hour, you know, and catch up on some things. But I personally, I just, I love being able to take them to those those uh, after school things on the days that they have it. And, but, but I guess I was, what I was really asking is like with your, with your online classes, right? You have to create those because they come from your brain. You can't just outsource that and take whatever somebody else says. So it's, you know, it's kind of like people say, well, how come for me, it's like, how, how do you, how do I expand my business? Right? Because I do so much uh, personal one-on-one coaching with people and there's only so many hours in a day and, only so much time I can talk to people myself and everyone's like well just hire some people I'm like they're not me nobody is going to want to talk to an assistant about what to say to a store because the assistant hasn't been there they haven't had that conversation 
you know, they haven't been in those situations in order to, you know, and are not able to give them a hands-on experience answer. So I just wonder, like, if you have that same thing, right? Because you're talking about, like, in your dating class, I'm sure that you probably talk a bit about your dating experience and, you know, get, I have, right. haven't seen your whole well, program, but it seems like it from the gist of the sales page. Right. Well, okay. So yeah, you create it, but that's the thing. I don't do one-on-one coaching. Right. So, and I know you have a can, you know, a, a thing I do. I have a lot of DIY programs now. Yeah. yeah <laughs> a scalable one. Right. And that's how you do it. So you can sell a hundred yes. courses a month and then the net is bigger. Right. So exactly. it's all about finding those. Yeah. I've never done coaching. I've never, that's never been part of my business. And mm-hmm. I don't, because I don't want to talk to people that much. Right. You just like to talk on your podcast. No, no. I, I, I mean, talk also, at them, not with right. them. With them, right, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to solve their problems. <laughs> yeah, because no, once you're doing don't. coaching, you're definitely solving people's pro- uh, problems all the time, you know. And, yeah, and, when oh, you're, yeah. and when you're doing a podcast, right, you just get to talk to people and have fun and learn about them and learn something from them or, you know, um, whatever it is you're talking to them about. Um, so, yeah, so I'm just, I, was, I think I was more curious, like, how, how you, because I know for myself, and I guess I'm asking partly for my own, you know, uh, inquisition here, is, you know, like, I, I always think, oh, I should redo this program or I should, you know, modernize this one a little bit more. And then I just, I'm like, oh, my God, when am I ever going to find the time to do that? You know, because it's not like I can just outsource it because, I actually have to write the material and get it done, you know. I mean, I don't have to format it or do any of that stuff that I can easily outsource, the techie part or whatever. But, but the stuff that has to come out of your brain, you actually have to find the time to do that, right, on top of all the other stuff you do. And well, okay, I didn't, so know, for the didn't record, know if you had any secrets. Yeah I, yeah, I mean, my courses are not a big part of my business at all. I launched, um, I have three, and I launched them last year, and I just sold them to my email list, and they have not been a huge source of income for me. They're, like, that's not, I, I've made, like, virtually no money from them that, mm, this year. That's okay. That I shared. It's not, that's not part of that. So my money comes from, uh, so brand partnerships, so people paying me to, so advertise on my podcast. I'm a various forms of advertising on my blog, my book deal, uh, speaking engagements. Those are my big. Those are my big mm-hmm. money makers. Um, so it. people wanting to be attached to my brand and access to my audience. Got it. Well, yeah. About the book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about your book. Um, so can you tell me? Tell us a little bit about how. What was the process like doing the book? Uh, it was hell. I hated it. Um, I and it was surprising to me how painful it was because I'm a writer and that's my very much my comfort zone and my joy. Um, but you know, a lot of it was memoir, and it is not just my story. It's my family story, and it's my husband who I don't always have the best relationship with. My ex-husband, my kids, and so it was like and. Just the stakes were high, you know. It was a big book deal, and there's a lot of women who hopefully will read this. And I felt like I am serving this community of women. No one else has written a, a big book. There's like a lot of little self-published stuff out there, but no one has written a big book for single moms. And I have to get this right. And so, you know, it was it was good for me that it was hard because I had to muscle through it, and ultimately found myself with a product that I'm very proud of. 
and it's you know it's personal and hard and that's where you get the good stuff so mm-hmm. so now I'm in the marketing zone uh, the book is from this interview it's about six five weeks that's coming out yeah. and um, so now it's market and I like marketing you know I like it and I'm doing a zillion interviews and they're all on topics that I'm passionate about so it's it's all good. It's all positive stuff. It's a lot of work, but it's good. And are you, is your publisher helping you with that, or is this pretty much all on you right now until the book comes out? I do. I have, so I have a publicist with Penguin, and then I hired a, a publicist myself, too. Awesome. Yeah, Gosh, which I recommend. Penguin, Penguin is on it. I've had a two, two friends that have big, successful books through Penguin, and they they're like loved, have loved their experience working with them. Okay, um, that's nice to know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They've been they've been really really proactive in in sending them out, and um, and obviously like you, they've got their own relationships, and you know it's all about it's all about what you can bring to the table as well these days. Okay, I know with yeah, with publishing yeah. too, but um, that's that's great. Um, and so um, so let I want to talk a little bit more about your. Thousand um, dollar grant that you do. Mm, yeah, we talk about that a little bit because I just love that. I was so impressed. Yes, that is something I launched. I think I'm what like seven month seven or something. So earlier this year, and it's called the Kick Ass Single Mom Grant, and it's a thousand dollars that I give away every single month. And the criteria, well, I can read from you from my website what it is, but essentially that it is just a really awesome mom who is doing something incredible in the world. And I want to support her. So some of the winners have had nonprofits. Some of them have just interesting business ideas. They might have an interesting personal narrative. Uh, one woman, she was homeless and, and laying down her feet is going, she, well, now she has graduated from culinary school and she has an idea for a bottled hot sauce product. And she'd already gotten some success and support from her culinary school. They were going to give her some, you know, kitchen space. So, so women that are on their way, like it's, I, I, you know, a lot of people have come to me and they're like, well, I have an idea for something. Well, I want to see that you're actually doing it and showing some signs mm-hmm. of success before I support you further. But, you know, it's, it's just very personal. And so when it's come to be, it's like, yeah, it's really fun for me to give away this money and to support an awesome mom. But they come on my show, they come on my podcast. So that's a whole exercise. A lot of people don't have media experience, so I help them craft their story. And that's a very powerful experience for somebody to publicly tell their story. So there's value in that. And then what happens is the story is out there, and it's on my podcast, it's on my blog, it's on social media, and is amplified, and it inspires other women to see the greatness that they too can achieve. And these, and that is really where I found that is that's the essence of this project is sharing and inspiring stories. I love that. I, I mean, I was so impressed when I saw it and I, I just congratulate you on taking the step to do that because it's, you. I, yeah, it's funny. It's, it's something that was in, that's actually in, I had the idea to do something similar to this. And I think and now seeing that you've actually done it, I kind of forgot that I wanted to do it. I wrote this in a, like a business, like a one-page, you know, business idea of what I wanted to do when I started my consulting company. And Mm -hmm. I'd given it, I think I said, like, by year five, I want to have some kind of grant program for single moms. Oh, really? Yep, mm -hmm, got it written down. And uh, and I never, you know, and then I just kind of never thought about it again. And I didn't really, when I moved out here, I took 
down a ton of stuff. You know, like I had that pasted to the wall in my office in California. And when I moved to Colorado, it just kind of got probably thrown out. And I thought, oh, I'll print it again when I get there. And then, of course, I never did. And it wasn't until I read about this on your site. And I was like, hey, I wanted to do that too. Um, so I am going to um, take that up again. Do it. Put, yes. put that at the top of my list. Yeah. And, and I mean, I do a lot of, I do a lot of not pro bono, but um, like half price consulting every year. I pick two people who contact me. And if I feel like they're super dedicated, you know, and are really going to mm -hmm. excel from my expertise but can't afford my whole package um, with my private consulting, I, I give it to two people a year at half price. Um, and I've been doing that for a long time. And it's been super rewarding. Um, yeah, you know, and I, it really and, is. Yeah. yeah. And when you know, but I haven't, I haven't uh, um, limited it to single moms or anything. Um, and it's funny, like I, find, I do find what I was saying before that I think that single moms work the hardest of anybody is there's nobody else there, you know, to, to do things for you. I mean, I, is, is, do, do your kids still see their dad? He's local to yeah, the area. He's, yeah, yeah, he's very involved, yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, so you're so lucky, you know, and so, so many of my single mom friends, you know, I think it's 50-50. Some of them are like, God, I wish, you know, I wish he'd drop dead so I could move away or do whatever with my life, right? Yeah. And, you know, and then others are, thank God he's here because this helps me so much, you know. And, and so I think that, you know, depending on, right, you don't, you had mentioned you don't get child support anymore, right? And I don't get it. And so it's, it's something that, you know, there's nothing, if you're not out there doing it and hustling, right, there's nobody else hustling for you or putting the food on the table or paying your rent or whatever. And, yeah, and so it is, but you know what, I really, um, I really challenge the women that follow me to get away from this commitment to like, we don't have a lock on misery, right? We don't automatically mm -hmm. have it wor worse and we don't automatically work harder because there's a lot. I mean, you just don't know what's going on with other people's marriages. Women who are married and don't work are the most depressed statistically in right. any of us. Totally. So we can, it's very, it's always easy to, you know, fantasize everyone's got to, you know, when you're having a bad day, you're like, why are that bastard? Uh, but you know what? The women that I know, like it's the same, it's not, it's not universal, but it's almost universal. Women come out of bad situations or not mediocre situations, or they do it on their own and they just find what they are capable of. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, they're working hard, but they are now they're working hard at something that they are really passionate about and they're really and successful mm -hmm. and they love it. And they're making more money than they did because there's a hell of a bigger difference between me who is in a owns a business that has very high margin. I don't have to work a lot of hours. I because why? Because God like loves me more than everybody else. No, because I have a certain <laughs> skill set or I don't know why. You know, whatever. I just figured out some stuff. I you know I have I just figured out some stuff that maybe somebody else didn't. So thank fucking God that I don't get child support because then I would be small. I would be right. dependent on a man, and I would be keeping myself small for that that being that dependence to get that little check mm -hmm. every month. I have it way, 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 way better than some woman who gets $10,000 a alimony check every month. I totally agree. But I'm, I totally agree with your way of thinking. But I do think that, I think that it's the, the people, and whether you're a single mom or just a poor married couple, 
I, I think that, you know, there's people who have, I don't know, I, it's just been in my experience that the, the moms I know that are single moms that most of them who don't get child support are the ones that work the hardest. I mean, I don't necessarily mean longer hours or things like that, but that they're forced, it forces you to be creative and come up with different ideas, right, than you would if you were the, the one getting the $10,000 check um, because you don't really have any other choice if you want to be a wealthy single mom. <laughs> you know, and there are people who are content to not be, but I think that the ones that do want to be and feel comfortable and have the lifestyle that they want are it tend to be more driven to, to make things work. Yeah, that's great. Um, like what's yeah. one of my favorite quotes ever is Julia Child's like, you can't have fun unless you work hard. Like, <laughs> like why? Like, I, I, okay. Yeah. We work harder, but we're like, we're, I mean, so what? Like I take that as right. a positive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And maybe it's not harder. Maybe it's smarter, you know, yeah, or, hopefully. or that you have that's, more hustle yeah. or that you're, you know, that you're constantly going and thinking and evolving. And um, I know we were talking on your, on your podcast about the difference, like living in a small town versus living in a big city. And, and I think that living in a small town, for me, it's been such an eye-opener because having spent most of my adult, adult life in Los Angeles, right, being one of 12 million people, and here I'm one of 50,000. And mm-hmm. as that, uh, I mean, there were probably 50,000 people in my neighborhood in L.A., <laughs> you know, and, um, and, and I think here you, there's, there's that, that mentality because I'm in a ski town, right, ski town, river rafting, mountain biking, you know, that everybody here works to play. And mm-hmm. I think the diff- and that a lot of times in a big city, people work to make more money to go out, you know, like to, to go be seen or do, you know, go on a big vacation somewhere. I never really saw, I don't know, it feels so different here that, that it's, you know, people, people will work like through the, through, they'll work till eight o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night if it means that they can take the whole weekend off and go do, you know, camping or go skiing or do whatever, you know, take a powder day off, you know, and, um, you know, it's like, you know, if there's a powder day, like the streets are empty, everybody's up at the ski resorts and nobody's at work. That's awesome. yeah, and it's and you're just like, wow, that is so cool, right? You know, or if it's a a great, you know, I don't know, the rivers the rivers running big and everyone wants to get out on their kayak or something, right? You know, you can go down there and you can see 50 people kayaking in the middle of the day at lunchtime, <laughs> and it just has that that different. I don't know. There's a different mentality being in a small town versus versus being in Los Angeles. I've never lived full time in another big city. I've only spent a lot of time in New York and, and other big cities around America, but or in the world. Yeah. Well, I think maybe um, it's also because you are in some place with so many natural resources and natural beauty. Like I'm from a yeah. small town in the Midwest where there is nothing to do. Like that's why I tell my kids, they're like, I'm bored. I'm like you have lived your whole life in New York city. And my brother will be here. And we're like, you know what we did? We rode our bikes to a cornfield. Right. <laughs> yeah. There was nothing. Nothing, not one thing. Like, and there was no nat. Like, there was. It does have its own natural beauty there, but it, people were not inspired by it or appreciated yeah. it. You know, so it's. I think there's something to that too. Yeah, and I and it's and I think. I mean, it seems like, you know, that the. I mean, is the the essence of your book just from what I've read about it? Because obviously I haven't read it yet, which I can't wait to do. Um, is is really creating that life that you really want. 
you know, creating the, the money that you want, the job or whatever fashion you have of making money, right? The, the love life, the, you know, your health and hobbies and, um, you know, how you interact with your family and being a fun mom and, you know, all those things that, that we all strive for. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, total work yeah. in process. Well, and that's the thing. It's really about focusing on the resources that we have as women today in 2017, mm-hmm. which were so different than even one generation before us. You know, we had, mm-hmm. you know, I'm always reminded, like, we couldn't even get a credit card in our own name until 1973, right? right? Like, that's right. bananas. And it's just everywhere we go. We, I mean, look, that you and I are connecting with each other today, and we're inspiring and supporting each other, and we will going forward. I mean, that is, like, an enormous resource. So it's politics, economic opportunity, technology that unites us and facilitates so many of these things that we have basically can outsource like 95% of our housework, right? right? My grand, you know, we're not growing and butchering and canning our own food anymore. We are freed from that. Like even if you insist on doing your own laundry, a washing, you don't do your laundry, a washing machine does it. There's running water. So we are so freed from all this women's work that traditionally held us back and every, every facet, it held us back yeah. economically, for sure, because we were always dependent on men for money. It held us back politically, uh, creatively. We were completely bound by traditional roles, which have all but dissolved. So, um, you know, it's very easy to get frustrated, and Lord knows I go there frequently. But <laughs> I, my, my mechanism is just gratitude and focusing on – and I think it, for me it really becomes uh, – less about what I can achieve, but more of what I have an obligation to achieve. Because so many people fought for all of these rights and privileges that I have. And mm-hmm. I feel a, such a sense of duty to keep pushing that envelope going forward and achieve. You're like, I'm, you know, I have a media career. I'm out there and yelling about stuff all the time. But every day, I don't care what your vocation is. You are an activist, like you going and asking for that raise you deserve, you pursuing something that you're passionate about opposed to the safe job. Your children are watching you. The people in your office, you're, the men are watching you. We are informing each other and we're informing our society just by living full lives. Right. It's true. I mean, and, and right, and you're, and you're creating the, what people see, you know, who, mm-hmm. they, who they see and how they see you. Do you do you have mentors that you that you seek advice from? Not officially. I mean, they're not like there, but there are a lot of people in my network that I've, and that's something I've learned along the way. I think I, you know, I, I always felt like I should feel like I know it all, or at least be perceived that I know what's going on, and that's been part of my evolution. It's just asking, like, oh my god, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. Whether it's a, a specific technical issue or negotiating a contract or next career move or, you know, anything, anything, and just reaching out to people that where that might be their strong suit or I trust their judgments and just using them as a sounding board and, mm-hmm. and being unabashed and asking for that. What about in your personal life, like with your kids and stuff? Do you have people, friends, like friends who's, who you respect, who are either awesome moms that you want to emulate something that they do or um or any or do you just kind of find that you do all that on your own yeah I definitely do um and you know actually when it comes to the kids I do have a really good co-parenting relationship with their dad I mean we despite our differences are more or less on the same page about a lot of parenting stuff 
um, and support each other for the most part. I would say um, I had a boyfriend since the beginning of the year, so eight or nine months, and he's a parent, and I, you know, he calls me out on stuff, and I that's been a really cool experience because he spends a lot of time mm. with us, you know, so he sees mm-hmm. me in my habitat. Yeah, the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good to have somebody who can call that out for you. I, I have a really good friend here and she's a, she's a psychotherapist and she's, and I, I grew up, my, both my parents, my dad was a psychiatrist and my mom was a therapist. So I kind of got it from both, both, both angles growing up. Um, but it's interesting having, a one of my best friends here, ha- having those same tools available because she, she actually calls me out on things sometimes and I'm just like, really? I said that, or I did that. Oh my God. I'm, you know, and then you're like, or oh, I got to figure out how to change that. Cause I don't like that about myself or, you know, um, or I'm awesome. Thanks for pointing that out. You know, whatever <laughs> direction it goes in. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, and thank God my kids think that I'm the best mom ever. So at least I get some kudos there from them all the time. <laughs> um, well, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Oh, I can't wait for your book to come doing. out. Yeah, well, I love no. what you're doing too. I mean, I love the premise of that it's, you know, that like formal education, because you're so right that people that are really making it, especially in today's world of technology, like oh, you yeah. can't if you learned it in school, it's obsolete by the time you got out of school. Like it's exactly. really about flying by the seat. And that also offers so many opportunities because the threshold for getting into business has never been lower. I know. It's amazing. And we know it's so funny as I'm so what I, the other aspect of what I love about your book is that it's written by you from experience right? Mm -hmm. And that you're not, um, because I know in my business, there's so many books out there that are written by teachers, you know, professors at schools, you know, who teach (laughs) entrepreneurship or something. And they're telling you how to launch a business. And then you're reading their bio, and they've been a teacher for 47 years. So you know, they've never had their and it doesn't say anything about ever having their own business. And, you know, and, and I read these books, and I especially now, right, where it's like, you have to be in the thick of it all the time. Because like you said, it's changing day to day, minute to minute. Uh, week to week, right? You know, you go on and you look at something and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm killing it with my Facebook ads. And then Facebook sends you something saying, oh, we're totally changing the way we're doing our ads starting tonight mm-hmm. at midnight. You know, and it's, it all works that fast. And, you know, it's, it's no wonder. I mean, I find it so exciting because, you know, as you know, I mean, I've been in business since 1994, way pre-internet before anyone even knew it was going to, any normal people knew it was going to exist. And it, it, to me, it's like the, um, the ability now to communicate with people, right? Like how I found you on this, you know, mm-hmm. on Facebook, <laughs> you know, through somebody's mm-hmm. post. And, you know, and it just, it makes that world, the, wor- the world so much smaller. And just the fact, sometimes I giggle and think it's funny that I've, like my team lives all over the world, you know, and I'm like, what time is it there? Okay, well, luckily, they mostly work US hours. But you know, in the middle of the night, I'll, if I can't sleep or something, I'll wake up and there'll be 14 emails from that one of them who's awake, <laughs> you know, telling me what, what I need to get done or answering all the emails I sent to them before I went to bed. And it just, it makes the world feel so small. Yet when, like, we're grown up enough to know that the world is still really big, like physically big, right? And you're like, mm-hmm. I want to go, go there. Okay, it's going to be a 14-hour plane ride. <laughs> I can't just blink my eyes and I'm like, where's the transporter? Um, you know, because it doesn't seem like in a way that transportation 
yet is keeping up with the speed of life. Yeah, it's a good point. I never thought about that. True. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, awesome. I mean, do your kids, don't your kids say how did you survive without Google? Because, right, you're, you have a daughter. Oh, they family. don't even, no, they, they right. can't even conceive of that. Right. I mean, my kids ask and they're like, what do you mean? Wait, this is the funniest story. And I don't know if you've had this too, because I don't know if there's phone booths in New York City anymore. But we were at the beach at my mom's this summer and we walk out, we park the car and my kids see a phone booth. <laughs> They've never seen one before. And they're like, what's that? And I was like, it's a phone booth. And my mom is like falling on the floor laughing. And I was like, it's a phone booth. Well, what do you do with it? Well, you put money in it and you call people. Can I touch it? Of course you can touch it. So they pick it up and they hear the, you know, and they jump back and hold the phone away, you know, and they're like, it's making a noise. And I was like, (laughs) you know, and I said, I know. And I said, but it's okay. You can touch it. That's what it does. It makes the noise to tell you that it's ready for you to dial a call. Oh, well, how do you dial the call? So, of course, I was like, they're like, who can we call? So I text my sister to see if she's home. <laughs> so then I was like, why don't they just call my cell phone? Because I'm standing right here, but I thought it would be more fun to call somebody else. So she's like, yes, I'm home. So I dig out some quarters, and I think it was 50 cents to make a call. Boom, they come right out the bottom in the chain. <laughs> so it was totally broken, and we couldn't make the call. But they, want, they played in it for like half an hour and thought it was the funnest thing they'd ever done. I could have left them there all day and just put some food on the ground and they would have been happy. <laughs> and, and it was like, you know, and they wanted to know the whole story about why we had these. And, you know, I had to explain how that used to be our only method of communication. <laughs> and, no, you know, it's, and, it's and unbelievable. It's, like they really can't get, I remember my son, he was very little at the time, but he was like, something about God, like, is God real? And I said, well, what do you think? And he goes, I don't know, Google it. <laughs> that's, that's right. Like the, right right it's like either google it or ask alexa that's what happens in this house mm-hmm. um and it's so it's pretty funny well i can't wait to read your book and um i and obviously to talk to you again soon um so you, you want to tell everybody how to get in touch with you sure well so ground zero is my blog wealthy and, you know, if you want to go on Twitter or whatever, it's uh, at Johnson Emma. Check out my book, The Kick-Ass Single Mom. It's on all the retailers. In, on, as of October 17th, it will be in bookstores, but now you can pre-order it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you name it. And I think that's it. Reach out. I love communicating with my audience. Oh, well, good. Well, we, they will. I'll put you guys, you know, let me, I'll put all the links on the, when this goes live. And Emma, thank you so much. It was awesome speaking to you. I love this. Thanks for what you do. Thanks for tuning in to A Street Smart MBA with Sarah Shaw. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes to get the latest episodes anytime, anywhere. And we'll see you on the next one.